Greetings, and welcome to the Pampering Myself podcast, an advocacy for self-care. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and most importantly, we'll learn that you can't pour from an empty cup. You'll hear stories, interviews, and conversations which will empower you in living your best life. Have you ever thought about your life's purpose, your gifts, talents, in other words, your reason for being? The Bible tells us we're born for a purpose and that each one of us already possess the necessary gifts and talents to carry out that purpose. My guest today is Pamela Williams. She's a motivational storyteller and speaker, providing engaging, funny, applicable, relevant stories that will console, counsel, encourage, and motivate you in moving to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Within the last 10 years, Pamela has taken her art of storytelling to another level by transforming words into images to design and customize floral arrangements and centerpieces that are created with so much love. I met Williams, I guess about 20 years ago when she was hired in the department I was working in. And we kind of instantly bonded, especially after joining Toastmasters. Toastmasters is a communication and leadership organization And for many years, we were trailblazers in whatever projects or ideas we collaborated on. We were so consumed, and I do mean consumed, with Toastmasters that Williams came up with a name that summed it up for the first club we chartered, Toastaholics. Welcome to the show, Williams. Before we go any further, I'm going to ask you to share with the audience why we call each other by our last name. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Jones. Thank you again and good afternoon. Wow, Williams and Jones, Jones and Williams. Well, it's quite simple. Uh, we uh, apparently have uh, the first identical name, uh, almost identical. Let me back it up. As Jones said that we worked for many years uh, as co-workers and friends and compadres, and uh, of course having the same spelling of the same first name, it was a little bit confusing uh, when we would go into our staff meetings and they would uh, just say, well, Pam did this or Pam should do that. And I'm like, well, wait just a second. We had to listen intensely to determine what our job function in order to have a distinction between whom it is they were referring to. So we came up with the fact, okay, let's just do this. And it went across the board, not just with work, with our friends, whatever. Uh, let's make it simple. Jones, Williams. Instead of Pamela Jones or Pamela Williams at that time, it's just Jones and Williams. That it got to the point where not only the other folks was mixing us up, we started mixing ourselves. That's what I was thinking about. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Introducing Jones, no, Williams. It's a telltale for sure. Oh goodness. But those were the days. Now wait a minute, you forgot something else too. We have the same middle name. This is so true. Absolutely. Not only the same middle name, we were both born in the same month of October. Yes. Now, how about that, folks? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we decided that it would be best to go with the distinction with the last names, if people will keep that into uh, consideration. Although within the last 10 years, I've decided to honor my mom's wishes, which was to actually take ownership for the correct enunciation of my first name, which is Pamela. And uh, I told this story several times, and I'll continue to tell it because it is what it is. Mom had a fetish for vanilla ice cream, and I miss vanilla by just a smidgen. In fact, there's nothing wrong with the name Vanilla, but uh, her best friend at the time told us, don't you do that to that baby. Ah, 
no, wrong generation. So she and my dad went back in, and I would imagine they had another conversation. And the closest they could get to vanilla is a pamela. And it's with a capital <laughs> M, so it's P-A capital M-E-L-A. Believe it or not, someone actually called me that, and I just laughed. I said, wow, okay. So I guess that's how, you know, people look at it and pronounce it. Mm -hmm. um, I remember on my original birth certificate, I had two L's. Mm. Um, and the funny story about that is apparently on the hospital certificate, mm -hmm. never got registered. Wow. So when I was 18 years old mm -hmm. and applying for a marriage license, yeah, at 18, I, uh, they told me I didn't have a first name. Oh, Baby Petty. Oh. <laughs> so that was the last name of my parents. So wow. what I had to do was actually submit an mm -hmm. uh, application yeah. with a first name. Wow. And I took that second L out. I see. Okay. I never used it anyway. Well, yeah. true enough. So, that was the point. Right. right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about those trailblazing days in Toastmasters for a minute. Now, right. we worked on a lot of projects together and motivated a lot of people to do some awesome things. What would you consider to be your greatest accomplishment in Toastmasters, and what personal or professional characteristic did it help you develop? Wow, that's a very good question. And uh, just looking back, Toastaholics. Ooh, <laughs> right. Man, we had it bad. Yes. You know, and uh, it, it was a good time in life. It was a season. Uh, Toastmasters taught a lot. As you know, they have the mission to help people perpetuate the art of having just not only a um, conversation amongst a large audience, but an audience of any size, a one-on-one -on -one conversation to be comfortable with being able to have a conversation. And, and that being the case, it also geared towards leadership allowing you to take a hold of your thoughts, your talents, your dreams, whatever it is that you may possess, and be able to express them, not only in a verbal manner, but also in a direct manner, uh, be it uh, through the leadership portion or just camaraderie. You know, Toastmasters, where do I begin? I learned a lot by being able to, again, express myself in a way that it's clearly communicated, hopefully. For the other person to receive the message because a uh, conversation without the receiver of the right information is not really a conversation. I agree. Toastmasters uh, came into my life in 2003 and um, together we trailblazed and made the accomplishment of taking on that first DTM for me and the only DTM actually in three years. And Jones, you, Paul, and myself. Yes, the three P's. God, the three P's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the, the main thing I would take away from that is the ability to be comfortable within what I have to say and to be able to express it. I learned the protocol of actually speaking for an audience opposed to just getting up and having a conversation. There is protocol. Absolutely. Timing is one. It's uh, uh, the lectern versus uh, podium. I mean, all sorts of things, just types of etiquette on how to engage your audience opposed to distracting them from that which you want to convey. I think I would have to say for myself, it was earning that second DTM because, you know, we were 
uh, focused on getting the first mm -hmm. DTM. We were the first ones of that club where members had been there for years. Oh, and yeah. so we motivated them as we were racing to that DTM and all three of us, the three Ps, mm -hmm. we got ours um, at the same time. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think it was more my um, most professional accomplishment, I believe, was earning that second mm -hmm. DTM because I was more focused on the communication and mm -hmm. the leadership and not so much the competition. Right. And so I would also have to say the next thing was listening skills mm -hmm. because until Toastmasters, you know, you think you're listening to people and you hear them, but you're not necessarily listening to them. Mm -hmm. So I learned a difference also besides the communication. But we had some fun in doing that. I remember two things in particular, one being the talent show where we did two peas in a pod uh, off a parody of Tina Turner. Mm -hmm. And the second one was the land of the DTMs, mm. where we were telling the story of how to earn that Distinguished Toastmaster Awards, which we call the DTM. Mm -hmm. But I have to agree, those were some of the good old days. But as life always gets in the way, we had to make the tough decision to dissolve Toastaholics somewhere around 2011, I think it was. True enough, and uh, it was uh, becoming a little bit of a uh, time management issue because we'd also chartered that second club over right. on the east side of town, so it was like a 30-45 minute span from distance, and now we're going twice a week. And uh, the other club was professionally speaking. Yes. Yes, yes, because of the fact that we understood that uh, when we mentioned Toastaholics, it didn't quite give the right type of uh, definition uh, <laughs> right. in the beginning. <laughs> and particularly, we met right next door across the hall from uh, another group that were trying to break uh, yes. the process with the 12 step uh, process, if you understand what I mean. So we didn't want any confusion. And right. anything that you do should have a direct definition. Yeah, I think somebody told us they were offended by the name, and that's why they didn't join. So, uh, I mean, we got that after yeah. really um, considering Examine it. it. Absolutely. Yes. And I tell you also, one other final note on that piece about Toastmasters, if you will. Looking back, it allowed me the opportunity to hone my speaking skills to be able to use going forward, but more particularly as I promote what it is I do now. So it gives you an opportunity, a platform to be able to develop your skill sets, to be able to promote your uh, your business, which is right. your, yourself, and we are our best advocates in being able to do so. I remember coming up with that elevator speech, not that it was something that I had um, invented and had an epiphany, but it was for me, because I was trying to get across the information within a short span of time and make sure that it was succinct. And for right. me, that was a challenge. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing after we had, um, about a year or so after we had dissolved Toastaholics and mm -hmm. I moved clearly on the other side of the uh, planet, uh, I began to thinking about how well we had worked together. So I called you up and said, hey Williams, mm -hmm. let's hook up and talk about a business venture. And you were, of course, receptive. Mm -hmm. And for almost a year, if not longer, we met to discuss various business ideas, ideas, mm -hmm. but to no avail. And it's funny because the name of our business was Women Joining for a Purpose. And yet we really couldn't come up with a purpose. We had plenty of ideas, but we just couldn't make it happen. 
Now, I shared my thoughts with you on a letter, which I'll summarize for the audience as we parted ways. But what do you think in hindsight? Where did it go wrong? You know, I, I've thought about this on a few occasions, and what I believe, and looking back in hindsight, we did exactly what it was we were supposed to do. We thought that it was to help other women. I'm agree with you there. But we helped each other right. to develop what we needed upon going towards what was our true purpose. Right. And so that time spent together, we were coming together for a purpose. Yes, women joined for a purpose. <laughs> for a purpose. So we, we literally hit the mark. We just didn't yeah, extend didn't it on it. an external right. note. But internally, yeah, we, we didn't miss the mark. Yes. We didn't go wrong. It went right. It went right the way it should have. Because um, that was some very intense planning, if you will. Right. And out of that, uh, again, we were able to take what we put together, if you will, and use it into what we're doing right now. So, no, it, it was for a purpose, and the purpose was filled by lifting each one of us up to go into our own direction. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, with all our discussions about purpose and passion, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as you said, we had to find our own way. And I think that's right. what I was in search of, because I really wasn't convinced um, that I really knew my purpose. Mm. I knew I wanted to help people, mm -hmm. which is ironic because I think about a job interview I went on in my 20s. I had applied for this job at a nursing home, mm -hmm. and an interviewer asked, why do you want to work here? Mm -hmm. And I said, to help people. And he said, to help them do what? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm 20. This is my real first job. <laughs> I was clueless, just like I was when you and I was meeting. I knew mm -hmm, I wanted to mm -hmm. help them, but help them do what? Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel in my spirit, and after meeting for a year, I felt it was time that we mm -hmm. really needed to call it quits. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But as you say, look yeah. at us. Right. Women joined for a purpose. And so we did grow from that mm -hmm. and learn from that from mm -hmm. each other. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I wouldn't change a thing. I right. would not change it. Right. We weren't aware of it, but the Lord was. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So there's a time and a season and everything, and, and uh, that comes from that also, but that time was dedicated to help the women that joined together yes. at that table. Yes. And uh, Unbeknownst to us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so let's talk about discovering your purpose, gifts, and talents. I read somewhere where it said talent is something you're instinctively born with. And it's unique skills and ability. It sets us apart from knowledge because it's not learned behavior. In other words, it's something you're born with, like the ability to draw or sing without formal training or the ability to communicate and comfort others. These are things that just come naturally to people. And all we know about someone is their gifts, their things that they're gifted with. So what are your thoughts? Do you agree we are born with certain gifts and talents, or is this just a myth? And how does it fit in with our purpose? Hmm. Well, I don't believe that it's a myth. And, you know, I think that uh, I'll sum it up uh, by giving this information to give credit to Dr. Lisa Jamaris, I believe it is. 
you and I did a, um, a workshop on how to find your purpose. Yes. Yes, when we were part of Toast, uh, Toastmasters with Professional Speaking. It would be in 2006, you know, if we're going on with life, and I was at work, and this email popped in my inbox, and I read it. I hadn't subscribed to it, but I read it. And it seemed like that email was specifically designed for me. I'm a firm believer the Lord will give you different types of messages through different venues. This time, it was through my email. And what the message was about, it was titled, Live a Life of Purpose. And the doctor goes on to say this. And this is what we based our workshop primarily from. It says, living a life directed by purpose is the richest type of existence. How do you know if you are living out your purpose? She says, first, you must understand that purpose is not something you go searching for. Purpose wells up from your very being. Mm. Your purpose in life has always been with you. It was written on your soul before time. Yes. She says all of your life you have been given circumstances, challenges, hurts, and successes to help you discover and fulfill your purpose. And she concludes and says what she knows about purpose is it will coincide with your talents, your personality, and your core values. And so again, I don't believe it's for me. I totally agree with what the doctor stated. And particularly when she says, all of your life you have been given circumstances, challenges, hurts, and successes to help you discover and fulfill your purpose. It's not something that you go searching for. So if we look back on what we have accomplished in our lives, whether it be successful or not, there's a common denominator. Absolutely. Your purpose is there. Right. Now I remember back in the day when you said it's not something that you can chase. Mm -hmm. I tried to chase it. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. I remember when I was coming up and I wanted to make extra money like a lot of um, people I knew. Mm -hmm. I wanted to start a small business. So I tried a lot of things. I sold vitamins, long distance phone service. I made and sold jewelry, Avon. I did a little graphics design, making business cards and invitations, but none of that was my forte. Mm -hmm. It wasn't what I wanted to do. One minute I'd be all excited about it, and the next minute I'd be bored. But I also recall envying people who had the ability to do hair or sew, because they seemed to do this effortlessly. I remember this kid across the street from me. He could pick up a pencil and draw anything. You could point it out, and he would just sit there and draw with no formal training. So I'm guessing that was his gift and talent. And eventually, when I recognized that I, didn't, I thought I didn't have any gifts or talents, I stopped chasing it. So people often said that your gifts and talents are what you're most passionate about. Is that a fair statement? Because at one point or another, I've been passionate about a lot of things, 
that I've lost interest in quickly. Hmm. Well, you know, it's all about perception. However, upon uh, attending my daughter's junior, I think it is, yeah, junior uh, middle school, I'm sorry, her middle school graduation, the keynote speaker spoke to that class and just gave the kids a netted outline. She says, as you move forward and you go into your next level of high school and then college and beyond, she says, just remember as you search on what it is that you want to do as a contributing citizen in the United States, remember this. That which you can sit and do nonstop for hours on is that which you do best. If you can sit and hours bypass you, like, oh, I don't know what that, what time it was. That, that what you do best. And so, yes, there's different things that come to us at different times in our lives. The Bible says, specifically in Ecclesiastes, look at this, Ecclesiastes 3, an appointed time for everything. Yeah. For everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose under the heavens. And then it goes on and explains about the different times, the time for this and the time for that. And so when you talked about uh, having passions for different things over a period of time, and so have I. In fact, I can recall being a this at one point in my life or being that at one point in my life. But that was at that time and that season. And I think that if you still look back at even that which you yes. were doing back then, it all ties in. Right. It all ties in. And so, uh, if you will, at one point in time, I would tell people now, yeah, I was a seamstress. Yeah, I was. I was a seamstress. Not that I don't sew anymore, but I teach it. I've transformed it. But I was a seamstress, in which mm -hmm. I was a seamstress. And then I was a gardener in my former life. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would, ooh, Lord. I would get up on a Saturday morning mm -hmm. and case the yard with four points of the yard, north, south, east, west. One Saturday morning, I would work on the north, north side, front of the house, and I would rotate around to the east, west, south. Every week, I did a section. So that took a whole month to keep the landscape immaculate as much as possible. But that was my thing. Right, right. So I, I, I definitely understand. Yeah, so when I look back again, like I say, it helped me to develop where I'm at right now because it's still with the same passion, seamstress. Right. Gardener. Yeah, creativity. Creativity. Absolutely. And I remember for myself, when I think about it, well, I recognize two things. Number one, I'm not a salesman. Mm. So selling was definitely something I didn't like doing. Mm -hmm. But I did like being able to do things that were hands-on. So at one point uh, coming up, I wanted to be involved in nursing. And then there mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, all mm -hmm. those other things that I did. But I think that each one of those things, the, every class I took, every um, door that closed, everything helped me because as I was explaining to someone earlier today, um, when we were talking about um, things that you can do, mm -hmm. one of the ladies was asking Mary at the meeting, Cheryl was asking Mary, she said, well, why don't you take a photography class? And she said, oh, I don't wanna take a photography class because you know, she kind of know. 
Mm. Well, for me, I wanted to be able to do everything myself mm. versus paying someone else. Right. Okay. So I, I learned technology early. I always gravitate towards new things. And once the only thing is, is once I got to where I thought it would be, I would move on to something else. But when I look at it, it all ties. It all ties in together. And so, what have you determined uh, since you've moved from passion to passion? What have you zoomed in on? Back to my question: helping people. Mm -hmm. So the helping people is through information. And I remember once before. Mm -hmm. You had said, um, you called me an entrepreneur, and I said, I'm not an entrepreneur. (laughs) And the reason why I'm not an entrepreneur is because I had to come to realization. When people start to offer me money and say, hey, um, how much you charge for this and charge for that, Mm -hmm. then I back away. Mm -hmm. If I had the money, and it's going to come one day because Mm -hmm. I'm going to wait on it, I would be a philanthropist. I would give it away. Because that, that is yeah. what I think I enjoy most, mm-hmm. being able to do something mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. give it away mm-hmm. for free. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's a cost to me and I need to be able to offset that cost, then I may have to say, okay, well, I have to charge for this because of my timing involved exactly. or my preparation. Right. But I'm not trying to figure, no longer trying to figure out what I can make yeah. because mm-hmm. that's not my gift. Mm-hmm. Because I can't, I can't make anything. Mm-hmm. Now, I do the crafting. Maybe not, maybe not tangible. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. The crafting that I do, mm-hmm. I sell mm-hmm. very little. Mm-hmm. And that's only by a mm-hmm. request of someone who might know. Mm-hmm. But I don't go out soliciting. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that, again, is something that I like doing because mm-hmm. it's my recreation, my mm-hmm. relaxation. Mm-hmm. And that's what I uh, that's what I do. So that's how, how I found well, you know what, and it's interesting how you would say that because uh, in actuality, that's how I was able to determine and to develop that which I do now. And uh, it goes back to Toastmasters as well. In 2006, I think we, uh, Sean and I did the uh, conference uh, chair for decorations at the, um, I think it was the fall conference, Bridging Bills, Bridges. Right. Okay. And so we had a wonderful time. I'm like, okay, I know I can do this. And I was specific on trying to get the, the, the creativity to match the theme. And it was mm-hmm. a success. And she and I met afterwards uh, to just kind of um, go over how we did and what we could do for improvement and celebrate the success of uh, uh, decorating the conference of, I don't know, it was 30 tables plus. Okay. And uh, as we were sitting there having dinner or lunch, I'm sorry, she said, you know what? You know what? You create your things with so much, just with so much love. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? Thank you for that. I received that, and at that time, I uh, ran with it because I received it and I accepted it. And it's S E W. So much love. However, the Lord already knew that that was just the icing on top of the cake. Kind right. of funny because right. <laughs> uh, he renamed it based upon me baking cakes. I had a recipe of uh, a pound cake that I couldn't remember during those times that I was with Toastmaster. I tried to do this cake and I baked cakes forever, raising the kids, and I couldn't remember the recipe. And I understood, looking back, at that time, my mom took ill, and it wasn't for me to be focused on those cakes. Right. After giving her care and helping her transition, 
I took a trip up north to uh, visit my uh, sons and uh, celebrate my 55th birthday at the time. And uh, when I got there, my middle son, he's a culinary chef, he had this pound cake with some candles in it. And I'm like, what? I said, of course you remember. You will be the one to remember because you always sat up under us, whomever was in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Man, I sliced that cake. I said, oh my gosh, this cake is not the one I used to make. <laughs> I'm following him. You guys seen the color purple when C was following sugar. Right. Right? <laughs> I'm like, damn, come on now. What, what do you have? I said, ah, I remember. He took that pound cake and made a lemon pound cake with a peppermint glaze. I'm like, well, I'll be. Oh, as my great grandma said, well, well L-I-B. Well, I'll be. <laughs> and so I got home and I started baking that cake. And the Lord said, now, what I want you to do is I want you to bake this cake for one year straight. I don't want you to charge for it. Just give it. Gift it. It will be a, a cake for consoling people, mm -hmm. for helping people to get over whatever it is during that time of the crisis in their life. Right, right. And so I followed his instructions and I got the feedback. That's all I required was feedback for process improvement. And I did it and after a year's time he says, now I release you to sell the cakes. Mm -hmm. He said, but it will be up under the title of Soul. S-O-W. Okay. Much love. Because you're sewing. That's that philanthropy right. thing again. Right. I give away a lot of cakes, sometimes more than what I actually charge for. Mm -hmm. But it's all propelled up under that so much love. And it comes together with the creativity again of uh, tying and being a seamstress with the gardener to creating right. different types of centerpieces and floral arrangements. So much love. Excellent, excellent. I was wondering how they uh, changed. Mm -hmm. So now, how do you think our gifts and talents are revealed to us? Well, again, I, I think that it's not something you go searching for. Now, for me, I had to look back. And when I look back, I can recall always having some type of a knack in that area. And, and, and it, I didn't think much of it, like most of us right. do, you know, to a certain point in time. But I would give my opinion on certain things. And people say, you know what, huh, can you do this? I'm like, well, I, I don't know, I'll see. And for instance, uh, again, this past uh, Mother's Day, I was making the baskets for mm -hmm. Mother's Day. And a friend of mine I reunited with, I hadn't seen her for 20 years, and I sent out the blast to the friends and the family. And, she uh, responded back and asked me that I work with silks. And I told her that I, I, I do. And she said, well, her mom had passed in 2011. Of course, I didn't know because we just reunited. Okay. And she says, uh, could you um, put something together? I'd like to take it out to the cemetery. I said, hmm. I instantly sent back this wooden cross. It was bare bones. And I had taken a picture of this cross because when I was picking up projects for the baskets two weeks prior to that, Lord drew my attention to this cross. So they take a picture of it. To the picture, I said, okay. And so when I sent it to her, she said, she had to be fine. Mom's favorite color is red. I said, mm -hmm. okay, all right, red and white. So I went to doing what I was gonna do, and I think the Lord what I do. And when I finished the cross and gave it to her, I sent it out to a few more people. I was doing just a few pieces, and um, instantly I sold out the supply that I had, and she loved it. 
again, I hadn't did anything before mm-hmm. as far as uh, floor arrangements for the cemetery, but I always wanted to, if you will. Right. And so, again, if I'm challenged to do it, I'll do it. And, and each time what I'm saying is it may seem like a craft or a hobby to you, but it is what it is the Lord has given you. Absolutely. Right. We said, no, it's just a hobby. No, not necessarily. It's fulfilling a need. Absolutely. Everything that we do on earth, as far as exchange, is to solve a problem. It's mm-hmm. a need. Some are tangible. Some are intangible. Right. You know, so uh, that's how I pretty much was able to develop to get to where I am right now, and it's a process because, like I say now, um, it's been ten years plus of focusing specifically. Yeah, okay, hmm, I understand, Lord, hmm, I could do this. And now, I think for me, it was a little bit different because mm-hmm. of of mm-hmm. what I think you know was mm-hmm. revealed to me. Mm-hmm. And because I I always go back to two people saying to me, why don't you slow down and uh, smell the roses, you oh, know? I guess I was the one of them, huh? I was the rose I was, I was um, on a roll with, yeah. you know, doing a lot of things, trying to find uh, myself and my purpose. Right. And I just came to a point where um, I think I started sitting on the patio, taking some time for myself. Mm-hmm. And meditate. Now, always enjoy being outdoors and just looking at the mm-hmm. trees and the mm-hmm. skies. Mm-hmm. And so, what I was doing, I would sit out there and I would look up at the um, clouds and see how they were formed. And a lot of thoughts would go in my head. Right. I would tell myself, I'm sitting out here as a form of uh, collecting my thoughts. Right. But so many things would be coming and mm-hmm. going, coming mm-hmm. and going. And then eventually, mm-hmm. they quiet. Exactly. So when they begin to quiet mm-hmm. and I uh, begin to appreciate the clouds and the birds and the squirrels and nature mm-hmm. and things, it was just whisper. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. was that uh, Holy Spirit, yes. as you think of it, mm-hmm. coming to me mm-hmm. saying, this is your purpose. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think when I finally um, stopped myself, one thing led to another. Mm-hmm. And, and to me now, that's my, my place of sanctuary. No, absolutely. For the summertime, I look forward to just sitting there, mm-hmm. swinging, and uh, just in transit. In the wintertime, I have to find another place in the house. Absolutely. And that's what I do. You know what? And, and, and you're right. And I'm glad you brought that up because uh, for me also, I've been as being a having the Holy Spirit and have that conversation because what I'm doing now is the second purpose, if you will, for my life because at the age of 11, I was already given instructions. I didn't know it was a revelation at the time right. because I was 11 years of age. Right. I knew what I saw and it was a strength, feel strength that went past my eyes. And um, I ran out of the room after I saw this uh, film of my life, if you will, and told my dad and uh, explained to him what I was going to do with my life, la, 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 you know, uh, this career, that career, house, husband, cars, six kids, we got you six kids, oh, whoa, 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 slow down. Enjoy being a kid while you can because once you're grown, you're grown for life. Well, I looked at my dad and I didn't respond. I held my head down and went on back to the room and I said, wow. But I understand now he un understood it from a natural perspective. Mm-hmm. He answered it from a natural point of view. Yeah, enjoy being a kid while you can because once you're grown, you're grown for life. Right. However, right. I saw it from a spiritual point of view years later. It was important for me to share that information with my dad that time in life when I had that revelation because that very next year, my dad was gone. 
So he would be the first one that I shared that vision that the Lord revealed to me for the, the purpose of my life. Okay. But he would be the only one that didn't live to see it. He didn't okay. see the manifestation. So the Holy Spirit will speak with you. And if you just lean on to that understanding of your own, he will guide you. Right. And so once I concluded that mission, that's when I began to say, okay, well, Lord, I've concluded that. Everyone's, you know, pretty much gone. La, 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 blah, blah, blah. Okay, now what? That's when that email came mm -hmm. in. Listen. Right. It's always been with you in your life. Move forward with it. It's with you. It's what you come here for as far as your purpose. But again, you come here for the mission yes. of spreading the gospel of Jesus the Christ. Yes. And we do that through our gifts and talents and then how Absolutely. we present ourselves to people. So it all ties in. So do you believe that there are people who never find their purpose? And if so, why? Well, you can't find it. It's with you. They may not be able to pinpoint it because they're not really in tune. That's it. Right. Because it's with you. Yeah, because you have to be in tune. You have yes. to be um, open and receptive to a finding. Seek and ye shall find. Yes. Even though, like I said, you can't find it, but what it is, knowledge. is that of all things, get a good understanding. Right. So get a good understanding of yourself. And that's one of the things. And, and you know, Shakespeare said it, but I think he probably ripped off the Lord. Right. <laughs> because it says, uh, to thyself, know thyself be true. Just paraphrasing, to thyself be true. So, okay, know yourself. Mm -hmm. Know yourself. And then you can further yourself. You, mm -hmm. If you know who you are, you can know but, what it is. But once again, you got to take that assessment. That you need to. You really I need mean, to. some people That's don't right. think it's necessary. Right. Uh, yeah. But you have to sit back and say, really, what, what am I here for? Right. You know? Yes, yes. What are you here for? And then you get to yourself, and it, it, it'll be revealed to you. Now, some it's revealed on, early on, and the parents can right. actually identify it, and they will help to develop Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And that's what they're supposed to do as the parents. The Bible says also, you know, uh, raise up a child in the way that they should go, not the way that you necessarily right. want to go, but see what their, their gifts and talents are, and try to support it. Yeah. You know, uh, I learned that one the hard way also uh, with that same uh, middle child. You know, you want everyone to be able to do what they Right. Decided to do, but I mean, he was into you know engineering, electronics, and all that. And I uh, know, okay, you've been doing that for a while. Okay, well, we're gonna put you on over here, U of D, engineering, architecture program for your master's degree. But he, after that first, he says, "Mom, Dad, I only did this for you guys." Right. This is yeah. not my passion. Right. So people have to do what their own passion is, regardless of exactly. we as parents what exactly. we want, because they have a purpose as well. Exactly. And and the others we we, we allow them, you know, and uh, everybody doing what it is today. Yeah. At the time in life, because it's gonna it's gonna change, it's gonna evolve. Right. We evolve. It is so wonderful that we do. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to this next season in life. Oh my gosh, I am. Jesus, yes, I am too, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm preparing for it. I exactly. got my, my, my retirement calendar countdown yes, yes, and looking yes, forward to it. Yes, it, 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 it's awesome. Absolutely. It really is, you know. So no, it's not something you can go uh, searching for as far as trying to find it. It is with you. Yes, with you. You just have to unveil it. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great information. Now, before we end this episode, I have to ask. You know, we're all about self-care mentally, physically, and spiritually. Mm -hmm. So what is your favorite thing to do for relaxation and how often? <laughs> so I say, know thyself and to thyself be true. Now, in um, the Chinese horoscope, <laughs> the characteristics of the animal that closely mimic supposedly the year in which I was born is the ox. 
Now, let's get a picture of that ox. He's what? He's going to be pulling along. <laughs> that bad boy is always busy. I mean, and, and it's not the normal type of busy, if you will. Not to say I'm not busy anyone else. It's just like, oh, let's do it this way. President Barack Obama was born the same year I was. Okay. okay. Did he not inherit a load? Oh, yes. But he was designed. Lord gives us the capacity That's right. to handle whatever yeah, it is. No more he than what you can handle. There you go. And so I say all that because oftentimes I have to niche out relaxation. And it's kind of funny because I think I was the perpetrator to tell you, John. Yes, you were. Smell those roses. <laughs> yeah. And I remember looking at your calendar and not seeing any white paper. <laughs> I said, you know, so. And every now and then I have to go back to that. And the way that I pull off smell those roses is actually literally pull off on my bike. Jesus, I love riding my bike. I have always rode a bike. Your wheels are your freedom. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I brought along from childhood. And oftentimes, if you look back on your childhood, just depending on what your circumstances are, it, 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 it's something is there that gave you great pleasure of escape. And for me, it was my bicycle. And so now I'm with the group, and uh, man, the season just started back. And oh my, we was having the drills over the summertime. And man, it's wonderful. I, I, I try to do three bike, you know, sessions per week. And uh, it's been wonderful because it's also healthy as well. In the wintertime, I'll retreat back indoors with the uh, stationary bike and, and then do more reading. And, Looking ahead to the next season. Well, Wales, I want to thank you. It's been great having you here and sh for sharing your thoughts. Um, and certainly we'll have you back soon. Are there any final thoughts or words of wisdom you want to leave with the audience? Well, Jones, I certainly have a, uh, enjoyed this session as well. And um, if I must leave something with the audience, I will say, you know, listen, do not Keep running from that which God has given you. And so I heard a minister uh, a few years ago that said, listen, what is in your hand? Access what is in your hand. Stop crying about what's not in your hand. God will bless what is already in your hands. It's an old saying, use it or lose it. You have something. When we say hands, your mind, it all works together. What is it that, the God, that God has given you to be able to do? God wants to show us the potential of what is already in our hands. So the blessing is what's in your hands. Pick up the rod that is in your hand and use it. It will turn into your hand that which you need to grab. It's a torch by faith. Don't worry about what you can't see. Just identify and use what's already in your hands. Leap off with faith because you have it. What is in your hands now? That's what I would say. And I'm going to um, agree with you, uh, which is why my uh, mantra now is seeing things from a different perspective. Because mm -hmm. 
the good, the bad, and the ugly is mm -hmm. all a part of who we are. Mm -hmm. And we do have to um, recognize mm -hmm. the uh, things that happen to us is mm -hmm. all for our purpose. Mm -hmm. And so it is, um, it's just how we have to do so. Now when things happen, um, I don't freak out over mm -hmm. it. Um, I had a lady ask me about something that didn't go my way. She said, oh, I would be so mad if I was you. Oh, but you know, that was a testimony to yeah. who I am now uh -huh. because I would have been mad. In the past, I mean, furious, but I told her, I said, I, I don't let those things bother me anymore because mm -hmm. it's um, it's all a part of who I am and my growth and development. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. once again, Williams, want to thank you, and we look forward to your words of wisdom in the future. Thank you so much, Joe. You're welcome. <laughs>